The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. More than 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care, with guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Meryl Griff. Welcome to Caught Between Generations. And as always, I am so pleased and so honored that you've decided to spend your time with us today. So today's show is a celebration. It's a celebration of seniors and elders and their ability to support families through times of crisis to provide balance, especially when things seem very out of balance, and to impart to us a wisdom that we carry with us throughout our lives. So for those of you who feel like maybe you're no longer important, that you're a castaway, you're irrelevant, that you're not important to anyone anymore. You know what? Today we're hoping to remind you of your importance, to remind you of the wisdom that you possess and ways in which you can share that wisdom. It's ways to leave a legacy. So our first guest today is Gabrielle Taylor, who is the author of Legacy of Wisdom. Gabriel leads a strategic management consulting firm in Colorado. And what I was telling Gabrielle before we started was that I was going to ask for a question that I never ask. Actually, I've never asked this question before. And that is, you know, about why she wrote the book. Gabrielle has an MBA in finance and marketing and a BA in economics. So, Gabrielle, welcome to Caught Between Generations. And why did you write this book? Well, thank you for having me, first of all, and I do love that question. Um, I wrote the book as a gift to my daughters so they could directly hear from me about the important intangibles in life and what I learned from my grandmother. And my sense of urgency was sharing these tools that would empower them to face whatever circumstances came their way in life, just as what my grandmother had did had helped me with in my life, and the guidance was so important and was given to me as a gift that I didn't want to break that chain of wisdom and advice and guidance, and by writing it in a book and completing my thoughts, I felt that I was best able to share everything with my daughters so they could march forward with their own wisdom from, from Grandma Valentine and enjoy it and use it like I have in my life. It's a wonderful book, Gabrielle. I mean, I really enjoyed reading it. And I mean, there's so much in it. But I mean, let's face it, most of us are not going to write a book. So 
like you, we you know we recognize the values, we recognize the life lessons that are important were important to us and are important to the next generation. So, how do you think families can start this sharing process with each other? Well, I strongly believe in making things fun. And what I did when I got married to my husband is I made sure I spoke with my mother-in-law quite extensively and her mother, who was still alive at the time. And I would have long conversations with my, my great-grandmother-in-law, uh, uh, I guess I could call her that, um, as well as my mother-in-law to understand how they had grown up and some of their stories that they had and listen to what they learned from them. Because in, in transferring wisdom uh, through families and through generations, I found it's uh, most easily done through the telling of stories. And stories are the most interesting thing to listen to, whether you're an adult or whether you're a child. And I was able to capture my daughter's interest when I started you know, building a, a family wall in their game area when they were very young. And they looked at these pictures. I had pictures from the late 1800s, the early 1900s, all throughout the, the 20th century of different family members. And I collected them from both sides of the family so that I could sit down and tell them stories. And, you know, I know a lot of my own stories quite personally because I was there and I, I spoke to a lot of my elders. So it was a way for me to, to pass along values like the value of staying positive or humility being such an attractive characteristic. And I'd, I'd throw it in whenever the situation warranted it so that it wouldn't be out of left field. But if something was going on, then I could introduce a story and bring in a family member and what this family member had taught me. And it was interesting, and it was fun for my girls to hear another story and actually learn something even though they weren't aware that they were learning something. So actually, one of the questions I was going to ask you later on was, you know, what did Grandma Valentine teach you about parenting? And I think to some extent, you've just answered that question so brilliantly. Um, And I congratulate you because, you know, very often in this day and age, young women especially um, don't feel as though they really have anything to learn from an older woman or an older man. So the fact that you were you were able to do that and saw the benefit in it is is a great value in and of itself that you're obviously teaching your children. Was there anything else that Grandma Valentine taught you about parenting that you want to pass on to us? She, she taught me quite a few things. One of the things that I loved the most about how she approached situations or conversations or really anything is she let me do a lot of the talking. And she almost had a Socratic seminar method to the way she would pull information out of me and allow me to come to the conclusion that she was hoping I would come to. And what she would do is she would ask a lot of questions. And I think that's a great tool in parenting because it develops that critical thinking process in kids. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of education systems nowadays are are starting to recognize that we are lacking the skill of critical thinking. And And part of my thinking of why that's happening right now is that we're not asking young people to think through a situation. What's that logical end? What are you hoping to see at the end of it? And does that make sense? And my grandmother would do that in every situation, whether I was younger and I had a a very childlike situation, like I'm fighting with my brothers, you know, what to do. They're, They're being mean to me. 
and she'd help walk through me. Or when I got in to be a young professional, I was working in corporate America, and I'd run into challenges. Her approach was very similar. And she would ask questions and ask me to think about what I was doing in the situation and what other people were doing and really take the emotion out of it and think very critically. So that was one of the things that she taught me that I think not only applies to parenting, but also in business. What other things did she teach you that you think have helped you in business? Because Grandma Valentine, I don't think, was a professional, right? I mean, she wasn't in business. No, you know, it was interesting. She was born in 1910, and she went to school through eighth grade when she had to quit school to stay at home and help the family take care of the children so that her mother could go back to work. They were German immigrants, so they did whatever work came their way, and it was very hard to make ends meet. So when she went on into her working career, she worked in shops, so five and dime shops at the time. She did some clerking, and then later on in life, her and my grandfather bought a Dog and Suds franchise store, which at the time in Illinois was a root beer float shop with you know, hot dogs and hamburgers, that type of thing. And so, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. When you said Dog and Suds, I was like, what the heck is Suds? I thought, what is that? I mean, it's like we wash the dogs. I mean, what is that? <laughs> I know, right? You know, hot dogs <laughs> and Suds from root beer. It was absolutely charming. I mean, I thought I was in heaven when I walked in there and there's ice cream all over the place. I thought this is the best business to own ever. You know, but uh, they, they owned it for a while um, up until they, they retired in uh, 1979. So she was, that was the extent of her professional career. And, but what she taught me about how I should perform in business is stay true to the values that I've grown up with and what my family has taught me. And that is, you know, a solid work ethic and my sense of duty is critical to who I am and staying positive and keeping things in perspective. Uh, Don't Burn Bridges was a big one for her in business because she was very concerned about how that would come back. And, and she thought it was a good policy on the personal side, but especially in business. So all these different pieces of advice that came up in different ways in her life, she shared with me uh, when a situation would come up. But again, she would ask me to share much of the situation before she jumped in with something that was similar or maybe something for me to think about. You know, I think it's very interesting that she said that because we had a guest on a show, um, I think about two weeks ago, that was talking about part a similar thing, that part of the problem with children these days is they don't get the opportunity to learn to negotiate and to learn how to problem solve for themselves um, and so are always intervening in the middle and I, I think always the children are in such nowadays structured situations where they're constantly around adults um, where we're handling things for them uh, is a problem and I think you're right I think and Grandma Valentine was right you know we don't always teach children the skills they're going to need as they get older um, and how to begin to analyze this and look at it themselves so Gabrielle w- whether we're as caregivers or whether they're in business or whatever our situation is, you know, people sometimes tell us things that make us upset or they make us angry. Sometimes we even get a little bit irrational. I mean, let's face it. So what did Grandma Valentine have to say about people just 
kind of jumping on the negative and acting immediately, like on an initial emotional response. Yes. Well, she said always, always step back and take a breath. And she, she was very careful to say, don't react immediately to what people bring to you. Take a moment to think and, and give that time and space. She also said, take my emotion out of it and in my knee-jerk reaction that I want to, you know, have, you know, when someone comes and says, well, you know, how could you do this? How incompetent to allow the purchasing manager to buy a thousand widgets or whatever the situation is, step back and say, well, he really didn't mean I was completely incompetent. Just tell yourself, take that emotion out and just answer the question at hand that's causing the problem. You know, why purchase the 1,000 widgets? Defend it, think about it, act rationally, but don't let that emotion cloud the situation because it, it won't end well. And she was very interested in this emotional homeostasis thought where if you take the emotion out of a situation, it's much easier for you to deal with the situation in a very short period of time. Uh, so, so many times people get wrapped up in the emotions of a situation, especially if it's one that is, you know, entered into with anger and what have you, and people say things they, they may not have thought through before they left their mouth. And she always uh, was very careful to say, make sure you, you step back for a moment. Don't respond right away. And, and definitely take the emotion out so that you can answer it rationally and, you know, she didn't always think that people could handle that. So she said, you have several exit options, you know, try and deal with it and make sure you, uh, you know, you, you respond appropriately. And that I helps think quite a bit in corporate America. Wow. And I'm sure it also helps as a, as a parent and a, and a spouse, actually. Great advice from Grandma Valentine. So when we return, we're going to be discussing why Grandma Valentine, I love Grandma Valentine. I never met her, but wow. Um, why failure is necessary for success. Failure is necessary for success. Stay with us. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. At Sarah Care, we provide daytime activities and health related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-Care.com. 
If you're busy, stressed, and can't ever seem to find the time to add in those new healthy habits, you need to check out Lisa Lutan's Busy, Stressed, and Food-Obsessed show. This program will help you discover easy ways to improve your health and happiness. Plus, you will pick up all sorts of tips on better eating, fitness, relationships, how to manage stress, and a lot more. You'll feel yourself becoming healthier just by tuning in. Listen live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. This is Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with Gabrielle Taylor, who is the author of this wonderful book called Legacy of Wisdom. So, Gabrielle, um, at the break, break, I was talking about Grandma Valentine feeling that some degree of failure is necessary for success. Why did she say that? She felt that the most um, moments for learning came through failure. And that successes weren't always those opportunities to learn something, but through failure, you could examine what went wrong and find something of benefit to get out of it and try again. And she thought it made a more resilient person and someone who could deal with life's problems in a more responsible and effective way. And she didn't, she really didn't want failure to be translated into a life that was less than happy because life is going to dish out challenges left and right. And so when, when I had a problem or something was going on that I felt was, was difficult, uh, like not getting into one of the business schools I applied to uh, back when I was starting my, my path to my master's degree, uh, she really wanted me to take a moment and say, and, and ask myself, you know, what do you think went wrong? and figure out where was the problem in my thinking and how I approached the, the situation. And in that case, I wasn't really being true to myself. I was listening to everyone around me. So that was my learning to take with me and try again. And when I did try again and I, I followed her thinking, I was able to, to successfully gain entry into a very good business school. You know, we did a, a prior show called The uh, from an author who wrote a book called The Gift of Failure. Um, she must have known Grandma Valentine because it is the premise of the book. It's interesting to me that, um, especially with helicopter parents, that we don't want our children to fail and we don't allow them to fail. Um, and so she would agree that some degree of failure is necessary uh, for success. She also talked about reflection as one of the important elements in wisdom. So what is reflection, and then what's, it, what's its relationship, you know, with wisdom? Well, reflection is how you crystallize wisdom. So what I mean by that is when you have a moment, when you have a situation, when you're just, you know, even if it's sitting back at the end of the day that has been rather uneventful, to reflect on things that have happened to you, to reflect on situations 
and to reflect on those things that you decided on that may have, you know, not been the best decision is the most important way to understand what you should learn from that situation and going forward because we are not always going to be able to predict um, what will work for us in the future. But if we can learn from what has happened, then we can go forward and make better decisions. And to do that, you have to reflect so that you're thinking about what has happened and it's not just an action that's happened and you move on without getting anything from the, the experience itself. So do you think we can teach that, that value, that skill to, to children? Oh, absolutely. I, I actually do it all the time. And, and it's very small. These are, these are small moments of time. Uh, one example that I bring up in the book is when my older daughter was supposed to be going to her, her skating lesson. She ice skates. And she felt that she had too much homework and that she couldn't fail her quiz the next day and that she would just have to skip skating. And I said, well, that, that's one way to handle it, but we've committed to being there. And the coach has, has set aside time, is expecting us to show up, and that is his income. That's how he makes a living. So we're now negatively impacting all these things. And so I showed her how, with a little bit of creativity, we could squeeze in all these things that she had to do for school the following day and keep her commitment to her coach that she would show up on time, ready to focus and skate. And at the end, when that all happened and she came home from school the following day, successfully completing her quiz and turning in all her homework and everything was fine, I asked her to stop for a moment and just think about the decision she was about to make and how with just a little creativity and a little thought, we could actually get everything accomplished if we just, you know, took the time to figure it out. And it was that moment where she thought, oh, my gosh, these things are not overwhelming. And if I just take a moment to figure out how I can do everything and not waste time, I can do it and keep to my commitments. So, you know, those little examples there are those teaching moments. I I love those times because, you know, those are skills that children will take with them through adulthood. Um, because you're always going to run into those situations. You're right. So let's let's talk for a minute about, you know, cognitive ability and mental alertness. Because, you know, if you watch television, if you're looking at your computer, it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's constant ads um, about a new kind of software or a new kind of puzzle or a new website or whatever it is that has to do with ways to keep your mind, you know, functioning at the highest possible level. So I'm really interested. What would Grandma Valentine suggest about that? Well, she was always educating herself. She was always seeking more knowledge. And her opinion about that is an active mind is one that stays sharp. And when she passed away in her early 90s, her mental faculties were completely intact. She was as sharp as a tack. It was her body that failed. And one way that she did that, and she believed this was beneficial for everyone, is constantly seeking new information and learning from experiences. And she felt that was the best way. So staying engaged with life and being out there learning and seeking those opportunities. You know, when I would come to her and and share some of my experiences and challenges in the workplace, um, it helped her 
think about things in a new context because I was working with things in a new way, um, different from when she was in, in the business world in the 60s. And so she was able to use principles that worked in the 60s just as well as they would work in more modern times, but also learn from new things that I was dealing with that was brought into the workplace, like technology. At that time, you know, PCs were the new thing on, desk, you know, on, on your desk. And so she was fascinated by that. And it kept her sharp. It kept her in the know and up to speed. And so her favorite question was, you know, life is interesting. Tell me about what you're up to. And she wanted to hear everything, the challenges, the good times, all the new stuff. And I think that really helped her stay sharp and engaged. Isn't that interesting? Because it is true. They say, you know, if you've always done crossword puzzles, just continuing to do more crossword puzzles, you know, doesn't help. You have to switch gears and you have to try to learn something new. So, Gabrielle, before it's time to close, I want to ask you what your kind of last and final thoughts are for us that you want us to take away. Well, I I definitely want the thought process, if, if your listeners decide to read the book or just if they decide, I want more of a relationship with the people in their family and they want to share of themselves, I really want them to be inspired to do so, whether they read the book or not, because there are such golden nuggets that people are not aware of, that they have, that they can share. And it's interesting, and it is interesting for young people, and it's interesting for the people around them, especially in families where we tend to, to share so much, um, so many values and so many experiences just from being a member of the same family. And I think it's important, and it's beyond um, what schools can teach. It's beyond what society offers anymore. So that last great bastion of knowledge is found within the elders in our family who have been through so many experiences, they can give context to so many things to young people. You know, it's interesting at SarahCare, um, sometimes what we do is we bring our seniors like to high school or junior high classes um, that are often history or economics classes. Because if you've actually been uh, on, a, on a naval boat and you actually fought in World War II or you lived through the Depression, um, kids are really interested. It becomes a lot more alive for them. They get to ask questions. Um, it, just, it just becomes a lot different for them. Gabrielle, you have been a great guest. I, I wish we had more time with you. So um, give us your contact information, website, blogs, anything you want us to look at. Oh, excellent. Well, um, people can find out more about the book and Grandma Valentine's Wisdom on my website, legacyofwisdom.zone, Z-O-N-E, or they can join the conversation on Twitter at legacyofwisdom7, and that's just the number seven. So I'm about to learn something new. What is dot zone? I've never heard that before. I probably shouldn't admit it, but it's true. It, it's just another domain to expand the the um, variety of websites and allow for the same website with a different tag on it. It is just a different domain. Okay, Gabrielle Taylor, author of Legacy of Wisdom. We've learned a lot from, from you today. We've learned a lot from Grandma Valentine. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you. 
Thank you. So when we return, we'll be talking to Kendra Shoemaker, um, who's been a social worker for over 25 years in a variety of settings uh, with family members of varying ages. And we're going to continue with our celebration of elders and seniors. And Kendra's going to share with us stories from her experiences that go all the way from the neonatal intensive care unit to community health settings, uh, all the way through work, her work with seniors. So stay with us. They're very, very interesting stories. I think you'll enjoy listening to them. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Where's your dad? What's he doing? You'd know if he was at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. You'd know he's enjoying a full day of cooking, computers, yoga, golfing, and he's home by dinner. You'd know Sarah Care LPN and RN Nursing Care is with him to ensure he gets the right medications at the right dosages. You'd know. How's your dad? He's just fine. At Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. Call 330-451-6108 for one free day of care at Sarah Care. Addiction affects so many of us on a daily basis, but it's not just the individual who is affected, but their family, friends, work, and school life, their homes, relationships, and so much more. Listen to people who have been there and lived through it. Listen for Shattering the Stigma with Mama Dukes and Frankie, a mother and son team who have faced addiction together and continue to fight today. Shattering the Stigma can be heard live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you understand what really needs to be done for your health? Or like many, are you mostly letting what you hear and see in today's media dictate your healthy lifestyle? It's time to get focused. There is a reason why cancer, heart disease, chronic fatigue, hypothyroidism, and other illnesses are running rampant in our world. Ganino Wellness Radio with Dr. John and Linda Ganino will show you that there are easy, preventative, everyday steps to get you back on track. Listen live every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drmerrill at caughtbetweengenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. This is Dr. Merrill, and I'm so happy you've decided to stay with us because I think we have a great second half for you. So, Kendra Shoemaker is a social worker with over 25 years of experience. She's worked in healthcare centers, including the neonatal intensive care unit in a major hospital, a community mental health agency, and now as an owner of two Sarah Care Adult Day Health Centers in Michigan. I've 
known Kendra and her proud husband, Brian. He's very, very proud of her for many, many years. It's been a real honor to know them. I've been able to be part of Kendra's really outstanding work, um, and I've been able to learn from her and watch her. Um, It's just been a great experience. And now I'm able to welcome Kendra to Caught Between Generations. So a very excited welcome, Kendra. Thank you so very much. I'm excited to be on your show, Meryl. Great. So, Kendra, in the first half of the show, we were speaking to Gabrielle Taylor um, about her book, Legacy of Wisdom, and that is based on her grandmother, Valentine's Wisdom. So, did you have a grandparent or grandparents who had a significant influence on you? I definitely did. Um, and mine happened to be two grandmothers. Um, both of both of my grandfathers, uh, one had passed away and one was out of the picture. Um, my first grandmother, who had a major influence on me, was a registered nurse, which she became later in life after my grandfather um, basically left her with seven children. She had no driver's license. Um, She had to support these seven kids. Some of them were a little bit older, thank goodness, um, and they could have jobs, and they then helped support the family as well as she did. But she basically put herself through school, rode the city bus to work every day, and um, did what she had to do to hold her family together and did it all without complaining. I just can't imagine being left with seven children and just suddenly trying to find a way to support them. Actually, what I can't imagine is doing all that and never complaining is really what I can't imagine. I can't imagine that either, but she literally did not. Um, And so she set a very fine example for the women in our family that... You know, you need to have some level of independence and you need to be able to pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of thing and do what you have to do for your family. Um, And it's, I'm happy to say that of her five daughters and two sons, everybody is doing wonderfully. Um, They all, you know, married good spouses, they've had lasting relationships, and um, I think they learned at an early age not to take anything for granted because you don't know what's around the corner in terms of either your relationship or the financial end of life. Those are great lessons because um, it's right. I mean, I think when you have those kinds of people, you can look to... You know, in times of difficulty, you can always look back and say, well, you know, if she can do it, I can do it. You know, look at the odds that she had, and she made it. So it gives you courage and encouragement to make it through. Your other grandmother had um, Alzheimer's disease. So were you able to continue to relate to her during as her disease progressed? Definitely. And, you know, with Alzheimer's, I see this in the center, too, with our families and with our participants in general. 
and I certainly saw this with my grandmother, is that we had bright spots. And by bright spots, I mean kind of those aha moments where you know she's still in there. Um, One particular incident happened um, when Brian and I got engaged. We had gone to see her, and I showed her my wedding ring, and she looked at it, and she looked at me, and already at this point, she was advanced enough that she had lost her ability to speak, form sentences, get her thoughts out clearly. But what she did was she took my hand and looked at the ring, took Brian's hand, and then put our hands together. That made me realize she knows what's going on. Yeah, you know, Kendra, I think sometimes what happens is we assume that people don't know what's going on, and so we kind of... You take away those kinds of experiences from them because we assume that it's not going to have any meaning to them. Um, so it's wonderful that you that you gave her that opportunity to express yeah, that. It was it's something that we talk about to this day and that we tell our children about. Um, the other really pertinent experience that we had with her was after our first son was born. And we took him to the hospital, or to the nursing facility, excuse me, um, to see her. And she stretched out her arms so she could hold the baby. But um, as you can imagine, a 86-year-old woman in a nursing facility who was frail and not well, and we weren't really sure that she could hold the baby, but... She had her hands on him, and just that instinct was so strong, that motherly, um, nurturing instinct. So she put her arms around that baby and just held that baby and looked at him and looked at us, and again, it was just that feeling that you get where you know, okay, she's in there, she's got this, she understands that we're connected somehow. You know, maybe she wasn't able to say to me, you're my granddaughter, but the way she looked at me gave me the understanding that, yes, I know somehow this child is connected to me. Wow. Kendra, I, it, let's let's talk about your time as an intern um, in the neonatal intensive care unit. So tell us about opportunities you had there to witness the role of grandparents, especially during that time of crisis. Okay. Um, well, and that brings me back to, honestly, my first day of my first internship. Um, As a master's level social work student, I had had quite a bit of experience working um, in the mental health sector of our community, but not a lot in working with um, family-type settings. But one of the first cases that I was assigned to was a a, um, woman who had 
gave birth to twins, and they had what's called twin-to-twin transfusion, where one twin um, basically was a normal-size newborn, and the other twin was very, very small and underdeveloped. That twin did not live very long at all outside of the mother's womb. And then the family was faced with having the joy of new life of one twin and the sorrow of the death of the other twin. And the supervisor that I had at the time said, okay, Kendra, I want you to um, basically go in, do an assessment, kind of find out what they need, and then come back and let me know. And I felt quite unsure of myself, and I wasn't really sure what I needed to offer them. So I went in, and first thing I said is, I am so sorry for your loss, and is there... Is there anything that we can talk about or that I, resources that I can search for for you? And there was this kind of awkward silence. And nobody really said anything. And then the, the father said, no, not right now. I think we just need to absorb everything that's happened. And then he and the mother of the child went to their newborn who was living, and I was in the room with the grandparents. And at that point, the grandmother really opened up to me, and she said, you know, she said, I, I look at my daughter and son-in-law, and I see two parents grieving for the loss of their son. However, she said, as a grandparent, my husband and I are also grieving for our grandson, but we're also grieving for our daughter and son-in-law because it is so hard to see your children go through a loss. And it was really at that point right there that I understood why things kind of happened and I ended up in that room alone with the grandparents because the way she said it, the tone of her voice made me really understand their grief in a way that I don't think I would have, I wouldn't have gotten that any other way. Um, But that has really stuck with me. You know, it's interesting because I was just actually having a conversation with someone whose um, husband um, has recently become very ill. And we were talking about that, you know, the person who has the disease, who's just had a stroke or may have cancer or whatever it is, you know, is is the person we need to help and support, obviously. But we often, often forget um, that other people in the family um, also often need emotional support and assistance. So that was really a, a, quite a wise lesson you had learned from them. 
I, ha- I hate to do this, but we have to go to a quick break. Um, so when we return, we'll be hearing from Kendra how seniors, even when they have a disease such as Parkinson's or even have had a stroke, can continue to share their wisdom with us. If we just give them the opportunity, um, they're more than willing to share their wisdom with us. And we have so much to learn from them. So stay with us as we continue our celebration of elders. It's caught between generations. Your life. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. At SarahCare, we provide daytime activities and health related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations and our celebration of seniors and elders today. Um, we were talking to Gabrielle Taylor, who is the author of Legacy of Wisdom, and now we're talking to Kendra Schumacher, who has been a master's level social worker for over 25 years and has worked in a variety of settings with people throughout the lifespan. So, Kendra, you and I now work for seniors that are in our Saracure Adult Day Health Centers, and I think that there's a real prejudice at times that people who have had a stroke or had Parkinson's disease or maybe very frail, maybe even with mild cognitive impairment, really, um, at this point, we just need to take care of them, but they really are at the point of their lives where they don't have much to impart to, to others. I mean... 
do you see that as true? I mean, what has been your experience with that? I do see that as true. However, I don't always believe it. Because I have, I have also seen where you think that they're not really um, engaging in the day um, with the activities and with what is going on within the center, and then all of a sudden a light bulb comes on and they really surprise you. You know, it's I. You and I were talking on the break. I was saying that we used to run at my Syracuse Center. We used to run an intergenerational group um, of seniors from um, the Syracuse Adult Day Health Centers and high school students who had to do community service. Um, and we got into a kind of a hot topic discussion, um, and the kids were talking about. Actually, they were talking about sexual issues and movies and how things are portrayed on film and so forth and so on. And one of the seniors said something and one of the high school students said, well, you don't really understand. You know, it was different in your day. And this woman turned um, to these young people and said, no, I don't think you understand that nothing is much different now than it was before. The only difference is we didn't we didn't feel the need to talk about it. And I thought, you know what? She's right. You know, that yeah. was a that, that was a really good insight. Um, right. And the kids were kind of taken aback by that, completely taken aback. Um, and that led them into a whole um, discussion um, that was actually very valuable for them as young people in terms of um, attitudes and, and morals. So it was great. So I think it's those kind of moments, too. You know, we've had things like that happen in the center, and it just makes me think, I am so proud of that senior for, lack of a better word, for standing up for themselves and and making it known that, you know what, I, I get what we're talking about here, and I'm part of this conversation. I just think that's so wonderful. So, Kendra, um, when I asked you to tell me about some of the um, wisdom that you got. You did send me um, a story that really kind of took me aback um, because it had to do with something um, that I said to you. Um, and I want to ask you to repeat that. And And I was uncomfortable and I thought, well, I'm not going to ask you to do this. But then I changed my mind um, because after you're done, I want to kind of tell people where that where that saying came from. So can you tell us the story about uh, when you first sure. opened your center and, and losing Absolutely. your nurse? Um, I opened... Our first Sarah Care Center in May of 2008, um, and we're in West Michigan. That was kind of right before the economy really tanked. We were kind of teetering a little bit, um, and the nurse that I had hired with me, it was just the two of us, myself, I have a social work background, my nurse was an RN. Um, and she had in, encouraged, she wanted to come and work at Sarah Care. So, um, you know, we were in this endeavor together. Um, and then in like the end of July, she appeared to have gotten cold feet. I don't know if the center wasn't, it wasn't um, filling up 
with people as fast as she thought it was going to. I really think maybe she had other things going on in her life, but at any rate, um, she gave me her two-week notice, which is not good. Um, I can't I can't run an adult day health center without a nurse. I mean, that's the essential part of it. And um, then the following Monday, she said, you know, I'm done. And she walked out the door. So I didn't even get a two-week notice. And I just thought, oh, my God, what is going to happen? I can't, I can't do this without a nurse. Well, honestly, when God closes a door, he opens a window. Another RN walked through the door, and it was a nurse that I had worked with previously, so I knew her. I didn't know her well, but I knew her. She was looking for a job. I was looking for a nurse, and she said, let me help you out, and then we'll see where this goes, but she did not want a full-time job. So I said, that's fine. I'll, I'll try to find another job. And that particular nurse is still with me today, nine years later. Um, But I remember the first phone call I made was to Dr. Meryl Griff. And she said to me, Kendra, I'm going to tell you something that will get you through many situations throughout your life. And the words that she said were, temporary inconvenience leads to permanent improvement. Temporary inconvenience leads to permanent improvement. Kendra, thank you so much for sharing that with us. So, Kendra, give us your contact information. Uh, My contact information, um, I can be reached at email, kshoemaker at sarahcare.com. And then our contact information for our centers, which again are in West Michigan, is 616-528-4003. Okay, can you tell us that number one more time? Yep, 616-528-4003. Okay. Kendra, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and your great stories with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. So wisdom is found in strange places. So I was hesitant about Kendra sharing that story of the advice that I gave to her, Um, but I decided I wanted her to share that story with you because for me, it's the best example of how wisdom can be found in unusual places. So temporary inconvenience for permanent improvement is one of my personal mantras. Well, how did I come to this saying? Well, I want to tell you this quick story. I was born and raised in Philadelphia, married, and then moved with my husband to Pittsburgh. So I was often making the drive from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia, and there was like always a lot of construction on the turnpike, but I mean a lot of construction. And so what sign was there on the highway? Yes, you've got it. Temporary inconvenience for a permanent improvement. 
What does that mean? If you stay open to the world around you, you'll never cease to be awed and supported by the wisdom surrounding you, even from a construction sign on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. So continue to stay open, continue to look around, continue to learn, especially from the seniors who have so much wisdom to give to us. Remember to watch us on Facebook Live. Remember you can watch the podcast and please uh, leave us a rating, a review. That would be so great. And the most important thing I always say to you at the end is just one thing. It's really important. It's critical for you to take care of yourself. And so this week, you need to do just one thing for yourself. It could be walking outside and just taking a breath of air for five minutes. It Look, it could be going to get a milkshake. It really doesn't matter what it is, but you need to do just one thing for yourself. You're really critical to everyone around you. You're important and you mean a lot and you have so much wisdom to share. This is Dr. Merrill, just one thing. Take good care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in to Caught Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff. Our program is live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.